Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the Season of Opulence video and schedule that I've got on display here and everything that they rolled out. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Come on and hang out. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit like and subscribe. That helps me out as well. So I want to fly over all the information. I'll keep the schedule up here for those of you watching on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version, obviously you can't keep to see the schedule, but I'll try and read through it just so you know what is coming in season of opulence that begins on june 4th uh the video looked really really good some good things to highlight in there a good thing that we even talked about earlier is the fact that they included a certain thing in their marketing that i think is very encouraging going forward after we sort of learn from season of the forge and season of the drifter it does seem they have made some good changes and some good improvements so the first thing i'm going to talk about with you guys is the menagerie then i want to talk about the loot and the exotics and then i'll talk about the ending sort of how the season is going to come to a close how it's going to end and why i think this looks very good and promising uh for the future content so uh, the Menagerie. This is the thing that launches June 4th along with Crown of Sorrow. So if you can't see the schedule, that's day one. Day one, Menagerie and Crown of Sorrow will be available. Uh, there is a heroic mode coming later for Menagerie. So the normal mode, I'm assuming, will be accessible to people right out of the gate at 700. That's, that's the hope. I don't know if that's actually been included in the blog or the postings. That might be in the TWAB uh, this week at Bungie with more details and more information. They may have already included it. I'm not sure. But the assumption would be after what they learned in Black Armory and Season of the Drifter, Menagerie would be accessible right away at 700. Might even be included in the quest line that we have to do to get into Crown of Sorrow. I'm not sure. Uh, just to expose people to it. Now, Menagerie is a six-man activity, and it's match-made for normal, okay? It's match-made for normal. They are not going to have matchmaking for hard mode, so you're probably going to want to use matchmaking to meet people if you're wanting to do heroic mode and you don't have a very full friends list. Just kind of think smartly as a player. Once they launch hard mode, you can always go into normal, meet folks, send them messages and say, hey, let's form a team and go do hard if you think that you're strong enough to do it. It will also have rotating bosses as far as we can tell just from this schedule. Uh, There'll be three bosses in total because there'll be a new boss on June 11th and then a new boss on the 18th. That would in my mind be three total bosses that would then be rotating. Hopefully that maybe changes uh, the mechanics or the fights. But they did this, include this in the video, and they've been very clear to say this. You can choose the loot that you're grinding for. Uh, Choosing the gear you're grinding for, I think, is a huge win after Drifter. Cosmos even replied to somebody. Somebody got a forum post or a Reddit post or something to trend and get a lot of good response where they said, Give Drifter bounties like Ada. I called for that months ago, so it's good to see the community saying, hey, give Drifter better bounties, and I'm glad to see Cosmo respond, right? If we've been calling for it here in this stream and saying, man, we would love to see those type of bounties come, and they're even responding to the community now, that would be a good win. This is a good win for the community. Now, something I want to say about how they marketed this. They included the choose your gear in the trailer, okay? That's an important thing to take note of because that's setting an expectation going forward. It was one thing to sort of discover in Black Armory that you had volition and control and intentionality over the grind. It's an entirely different scenario for them to say, hey, in our trailer, we're promoting the fact that you can choose your gear. I hope this is an indication of future content theme with respect to how we earn gear since they're including it in the marketing now, not just in the structure of the content. So that's an exciting thing for me. Now, it launches day one. You get a new boss on June 11th. 
and then a new boss on June 18th, and then on June 25th, Heroic Mode launches. I'll be interested to see why you would want to run Heroic Mode. I would be interested to see how that's going to affect the grind for the loot. Is the loot better? Is maybe there loot that you can't get until Heroic Mode comes out? Is there a better drop rate of curated rolls or something to that, you know, to that effect inside Heroic Mode? So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with that. Three bosses, Heroic Mode, are they going to change? You can upgrade your chalice and other things. I don't, I don't honestly know what that's going to do to the grind. I'll be interested to see how they lay that out. I'm excited to see them bring back a heroic mode anything as I said in my video about the raid scaling the contest modifier could be used to launch a heroic version of the raid down the line and seeing this is encouraging so let's talk about the loot and the exotics I think the loot style looks really, really good. Some people have said they don't like it. I'm not a fa- I'm not a fan of persisting colors on the loot. If you've noticed, if you looked at any of the loot, any of the armor or the guns, there's that persistent purple, those markings on there. I've never been a really big fan of that. When I put a shader, uh, I, when I put a shader on a gun or a piece of armor, I would prefer all of the uh, the colors to change. But that that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on that hill. I think the loot looks really, really good. We're not sure about the loot pools of the raid and the menagerie being separate. If you if you remember, one of my criticisms of Black Armory was that Scourge of the Past has a very small offering with respect to weapons, and there's way more weapons in the forge. I'm hoping that doesn't happen here. I'm hoping maybe they thought about giving us more weapons, a full weapon pool in the raid, and then having specific drops for the menagerie. I'm probably not going to get my way, but I can still hope and call on them to not do that. Don't mix the loot pools give us the do- you know give us the double chest like you did in wrath give us more weapons uh don't don't have them combined that that would be something that i would give them feedback as far as exotics confirmed exotics right here on the map you can see on june 11th the truth quest begins i think it's good to see a good rocket launcher come back to the game only really good rocket launcher right now is the ward cliff uh, people saying the two-tailed fox is good I've never been a big fan of it, so it's cool to see the truth come back. And then the Lumina quest on July 2nd. I'm going to go really, really strong here and say the Lumina is not the Rose. Lumina quest, truth quest, the name of that weapon on the schedule is Lumina. That ain't the Rose. If we're getting the Rose, it's either coming later or it's that other weapon on... There's a screenshot of weapons and there's a weapon in the middle that looks different than the rest. It's like a hand cannon that has like a silver look to it. I would think uh, that would be the rose. If this Lumina is supposed to be the rose, it's going to be called Lumina, and maybe in the lore it'll explain that it was once a rose, or maybe its nickname is the rose. Uh, But I believe that Lumina Quest, Truth Quest, and if you look at the old schedule for Thorn Quest, they put the name of the weapon before the quest. The only time they deviated from that was in the marketing for, uh, I think it was Forge, where it said Exotic Quest, and then they had a colon, and then it said The Draw, and that was for the last word. But once they started putting the name of the gun in front of the quest, it's Lumina Quest, it's Thorn Quest, it's Truth Quest. It makes no sense that out of those three quests, they would randomly be like, this is the Lumina Quest, but it's actually uh, the Rose. I don't think that's the case. I think that gun is going to be called Lumina, just like Truth and Thorn were outlined as well. I think people are desperate to get the Rose, and they're hoping that this is the Rose. I think that they're playing a debate game with you. Or you get the rose and it becomes the Lumina or something because Lumina stands for light, like luminescent, uh, and the rose is supposed to be like corrupted, as far as I know in the lore. With defer to Bife, Bife thinks it's the middle gun. He he th- he doesn't think that's the 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 rose either. So you want to defer to him, you can. 
Uh, the three pinnacles, I think, look pretty good. I'm hoping the grenade launcher is really, really strong. There's a grenade launcher for PvE, there's a sniper for PvP, and there's a bow for Gambit. I actually think the grenade launcher could be really, really good. I've been wanting to have a really good grenade launcher in the game. I actually think they're not too bad with spike nades. So... I'm hoping that one's good. People are already kind of complaining, saying the bow looks lame and the sniper looks lame. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to wait and see. The, the perk on the bow doesn't sound that good. It increases draw time or something if you get a hip fire crit or something ridiculous. Maybe it'll be insanely fast and it'll be fun to use. Not ne- ne- necessarily strong, but fun. Breakneck's fun, not necessarily insanely strong. Uh, there's also maybe an Iron Banner uh, exotic. It says Iron Banner quest on June 18th. That could be an exotic because we saw a wolf-looking SMG in the pictures. Its eye glows red, and the whole gun turns on fire. So, and now let's transition. So, if you're listening to this and you can't see the picture, June fourth is Menagerie and Crown of Sorrow. That's the raid. June eleventh is a new Menagerie boss in the Truth Quest. June eighteenth is another Menagerie boss and the Iron Banner quest. Then June twenty-fifth is Menagerie Heroic Mode. July second is the Lumina quest, and then I'm going to end the video by saying, how does the season end? July 9th is something called Tribute Hall and Moments of Triumph. We're familiar with Moments of Triumph. We know what that is. We don't know what Tribute Hall is. Maybe challenges uh, for Menagerie. Maybe challenges in the old raids because it's centered around Tribute Hall is showing Callus. That's something maybe he's having us do. Could be a challenge mode for the raids, uh, old raids or the new raid. And then July 30th is when Solstice of Heroes starts and Gambit becomes free to all players on July 30th. So that's basically how the uh, the season ends. It ends with that, you know, what we're kind of accustomed to around that time. They did the same thing, you know, last summer. Moments of Triumph, Souls of Heroes. Tribute Hall would be, you know, hopefully something cool with, I think it'd be cool if they did challenges and maybe even change uh, the old raids as well. I think this looks paced very, very well. I hope the loot is good. I hope the perks are new and awesome. Please give us new perks. Please give us awesome perks. You know, kind of change the way that we're playing. Make us want to chase these weapons outside of the exotics, obviously. I want the guns in Menagerie and the guns in the raid to be good since they're giving us intentionality in Menagerie. And please do not combine the loot pools of Menagerie and the raid. I really, really hope that they make that change. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR presents this is going to be a question and answer session that came after my talk about the opulence trailer discussion they put out the trailer they put out the info I'm going to keep the schedule up here next to me during the Q&A session if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can probably catch me live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage if I'm not live click follow you can also hit the like and subscribe button on my YouTube channel if you're there as well so let's just jump right into the questions it's probably gonna be another long one so instead of doing the gameplay thing i'll just keep the schedule up so somebody said how do you feel about truth returning i'm actually excited that they decided to do an exotic rocket launcher uh until they buffed the ward cliff we haven't really had great rocket launchers in the game in general and even the exotics were okay two you know two-tailed fox um or twin tail fox two tail fox anyway that one people are saying is better or it's good i don't really know i it, the way it shoots i'm not a fan of it's like really delayed i i feel like i blow myself up with it all the time um thank you not you for 25 months 
So I hope that this is maybe even an impetus for them to buff rockets. I'm recording this on May 29th. So if they come out with a TWAB on the tomorrow, which is the 30th, and they tell us that they're going to be buffing rockets in Season of Opulence, that'll be cool to have that coinciding with the truth returning. I think rockets still need help, big time. I think they need two in the chamber. I think they need their damage to be buffed. They just cannot keep up. Uh, unless you use them in a real specific way. And even then, I just I feel like grenade launchers are in a better place. If you get a good grenade launcher with spike nades, I feel like grenade launchers are better than rockets with the speed that they can do uh, the damage. So, And thank you for a prime sub, uh, Redrum. Everything else was taken, says... Would you like to see an advanced pinnacle weapon past the regular ones like the Not Forgotten was? We had a question like this uh, yesterday, and I think this is a great idea. I would have loved to have them d- have done this with the you know the breakneck. I think the breakneck should have been a curated role for the hazard of the cast, and then once you finally got it to drop, then you have a quest that opens up. So I would love them to kind of mix those two worlds together. Let's imagine, okay? Let's imagine a a, a, a hand cannon in Season of Opulence that has random rolls, but its curated role is a pinnacle weapon, and once you get it, you then have a quest line that then lets you take it a little bit further. So the Breakneck could get an upgrade, and instead of being called the Breakneck, it could be called, I don't know, the Torrent or something, and it gets a little bit of a bump, and, it, and it, you know even a change. I think that would be cool for them to stagger some of the grind. I think that's a much better system than exotics. I think exotics just cause lots of problems. Number one, they're super, they're super limiting to your loadout. And exotic primaries outside of the Outbreak Perfected just really struggle in PvE to be worth using. And, and again, keep in mind what I'm saying. In, in endgame PvE content, when things are getting tough, it's really difficult to justify using an exotic primary. I know exotic primaries do well in PvP. I know exotic primaries are fine in, you know, laid back casual content, but as soon as you get into challenging environments, most of the, I would say 90% of the exotic primaries in the game are just not strong enough to warrant being used. I think pinnacle to above pinnacle weapons, you could even call them like adept pinnacle or something. I think the way they did the the Not Forgotten and the Lunas is, is a great way for them to combine that with the random rolls and curated rolls system to really stagger the grind for people, especially if the continued theme of intentionality becomes more prominent. Imagine you really, really want the curated roll on a certain weapon in the Menagerie. Well... That, in my mind, that would be your way of getting it. You would just grind like crazy until you get it. And then that would be your introduction into the quest line. Evil the Waffler. Yesterday you said you don't do the Lost Sector bounties for the Dreaming City as prep. Why? What you're doing for the Dreaming City is seven of the bounties, not eight. If you do, if you do eight, it can glitch out. You want to have seven completed bounties to turn into her day one when reset happens. You don't want to have any completed Lost Sector ones in your inventory because those are the fastest ones you can do. So the idea is Tuesday reset happens, you grab her one Lost Sector bounty and then you're good to go. That's You quickly do that. That's your eighth one. Boom. You cash them all in. Boom. You get her milestone right away. 
Infinite Blue. Looking at Season 7's Pinnacle Weapons, it seems their perks are designed to be more situational. We haven't seen them in action yet, but do you think this is an attempt by Bungie to limit power creep by creating weapons that have stricter requirements for perk activation rather than near universal power like Mountaintop, Recluse, Breakneck? Right. I, I think this is de- this is this is probably true. They want to add weapons that are cool and unique, but they, they can't just be like, yep, you kill somebody and you get a bunch of perks from killing them. Like the, like the grenade launcher, you have to run over orbs. Now, I don't know. There were, there were armor pieces in Destiny 1. I'm struggling to remember what they were, but there were armor pieces in Destiny 1 that would make you pick up orbs even when you were full super. And that was problematic because many times strategy, especially in King's Fall, would be to intentionally put a bunch of orbs in a given spot so that you had a way to get your super back through the rhythm, throughout the rhythm of the fight. But when you wore certain armor pieces, you were, I think it might've been the King's Fall armor. You'd be picking up the orbs even though your super was full. So I don't know if that grenade launcher is only going to get the buff when you can pick up orbs or is it going to make it to where you pick up orbs all the time? And in that case, people may or may not like that aspect of it. In any case, I think it's going to be tough to want to use it if that's how it works. Because I think the health regen orbs, right now, I think if you're full super, you can't pick them up to start your health regen. I don't know. I can, actually, somebody in chat's going to have to correct me if I'm wrong on that. If I'm full super and I have recuperation on my mark and I pick up an orb, can I pick up that orb to start recuperation? And I'm even though I'm full super... You should be able to toggle it. That would be pretty good. It doesn't help you. You're right. You cannot. Okay. So more than likely, it's going to abide by the same rules. If you're full super, that grenade launcher is going to be dead in the water. It's not going to get the buff. It's probably going to function the same way as recuperation and recovery or whatever. Those those are called on the marks. Uh, so when I think about that, that is very limiting. And then the bow, a hip fire crit, I believe is the name of the... I think it's hip fire crit that one basically gives you really fast draw time. I don't know about that. There were PvP YouTubers and streamers that were debating on the the effectiveness of the sniper. It gives you it you know, it's it, I think it gives you a missed shot back or it's a chance to get a missed shot back. I think some of them were saying that they actually thought that was going to be that was going to be a good one. They thought that the sniper was going to be very helpful in uh in in pvp more helpful than people were initially giving it credit i think a lot of people were thinking it was going to be terrible and there were some other youtubers disagreeing and saying actually we think it's going to be pretty good it's mulligan yeah the sniper here says missed shots are returned to the magazine after a short duration so it says after a short duration meaning if you miss shots you just get the shots back and then the wendigo the grenade launcher orbs of light increase blast radius and damage and then hip fire precision shots give a massive draw speed bonus so the bow if you had a hip fire precision shot you get a massive draw speed bonus again I don't know how useful that is it might just feel snappy bows are good in general I actually think bows are really fun so it could be a pretty fun bow to use not necessarily a game changer but fun and I think that's the breakneck is not necessarily a god tier weapon it's fun actually it's kind of a mixture of both I actually think the breakneck's a really strong primary 
Pan uh, Panda Man, would you say what would you say is the best way to find a friend group for Destiny 2? I play PC, by the way. I mean, hang out in streams, hang out in Discord, our Discord, uh, you know, try to find folks to play with. I don't know if we have room in our PC clan right now. Uh, it is sub only because that's the only way for us to really manage it. If you want public clans, we can't really manage that. Leviathan, what are your thoughts on the pinnacle weapons? I feel that these three are worst group we've gotten so far. Each, uh, each perk feels very underwhelming at the current moment. I just commentated on those. Um, I just commentated on those. I think that the grenade launcher probably has the potential of being the most popular if it has spike nades and if it feels good and it, it and if if you feel like you can really utilize it well. Because here's here's what I think you would want to do with the grenade launcher. You would want to use your super. Do you know to get a bunch of damage on the boss and then run through some of your buddy's orbs and then lay into the boss with your grenade launcher? It could actually be a really strong weapon because that's typically what people do anyway. They dump their super and then they use their heavy as the follow up. And I think the grenade launcher could pair very, very well with that. You're using a weapon that goes right into the flow of a lot of damage cycles that people do on bosses. So, is it what, what if it's generate or pick up? I don't understand how they could make it generate off of generated orbs. I would assume it's off of picked up orbs because just like picking up orbs for recuperation. Hockey Dan. With the Menagerie looking to be yet another iteration of Horde Mode, do you think it would be Bungie's best interest to streamline a single Horde Mode activity that has multiple purposes going forward? I personally feel like it's overwhelming having so many different iterations now. I don't think it's overwhelming to have lots of different iterations. I think it gives the, the, the content a unique feel. Escalation Protocol doesn't feel anything like Blind Well, and Blind Well doesn't feel anything like the Haunted Forest felt. Or the Verdant Forest. Even the differences between the Verdant Forest and the Haunted Forest, they felt pretty different. I I wonder if we're asking for something that we honestly wouldn't enjoy that much, unless they were really smart about the incentive, the reward, and the structure of a truly never-ending horde mode. I don't... See, because I could think what they could do is they could really just go back and modify a lot of the pre-existing content like Blindwell and some others, and every time you complete a cycle, there's a chest, there's a chance for loot, and then it gets harder. And you go until you wipe, basically, and every time you ratchet up to the next difficulty spectrum, maybe drop rates improve. They could add that to virtually every encounter. They could add that to Escalation. Well, Escalation Protocol is hard because it's in the public space. But they could add that to Blindwell. They could add that to the Verdant Forest. They could add that to the Haunted Forest. I don't. We've not played the Menagerie yet, but they could probably add that to the Menagerie, where every time you complete it, if you stick around, Reckoning too. if you stick around, you just start over again at a harder difficulty and eventually just gets absurd... And you could have guys like Redeem and stuff trying to get into the, beat the harder difficulties, but it would get so absurd, you would eventually just automatically die. But the further you get, the better loot drops you get. Or, you know, the increased chances on curated roles or something like that. That's just one of those things. I'm not actually sure if people, I wonder if it's something like, be careful what you wish for situation. Would we enjoy it as much as we think we would? I don't know. It'd have to be built. It would really have to be built properly. Uh, Liz Liz Lie says, or Liz Lie, do you think the lack of a vid doc this season proves once again that they plan something for the incoming video game events? 
I don't know if it proves it. That's pretty strong language. It, le- it it gives credence to the theory, I think. I think it gives some credence to the theory that I've been saying the raid, they're getting it out of the way right away because they want to do a TWAB on Thursday. I think the TWAB on Thursday is going to say this is what we're doing going forward. Congrats to the world's for you know world's first team, uh, and we'll see you guys at E3. We'll be doing interviews and meeting people, taking pictures, and talking about the future. And those scheduled interviews usually do very well. Then those scheduled interviews get chopped out and put on IGN's website and GameSpot's website and Game Informer and Twitch, and all those interview segments get you know it's free publicity for your game. The cost to send Deej and Dylan and Cosmo and maybe a couple other people. to people that, you know, maybe from the development teams that that like to do the interviews, you send a couple of those people to E3, that's not that expensive. The amount of marketing you get from it is, is massive. It's, it's free. You don't, you don't have to pay that Twitch and IGN and GameSpot and Game Informer. They want to interview you. They want to have you on their desk. It's good for them. So I don't, I don't think they're going, I don't think they're going to bypass E3 and I never thought about it from this perspective that they didn't do a vid doc because there's going to be something else. There's going to be another vid doc. The vid doc that they're going to put out maybe on Thursday is going to be about Beyond Opulence. Or maybe they do a vid doc... Um, no, I'm sorry, not this Thursday. They would do a vid doc next week's Thursday. So Season of Opulence kicks off on the 4th. The 5th, everybody celebrates the world's first team. The, the TWAB on the 6th celebrates the world's first team and then rolls out a vid doc and says, this is where we're going we're going to show this trailer and do more conversations at E3. See you then. And then they ramp it up and they do even more before Guardian Con. And then they bring something playable to Guardian Con. I think that's I think that's the rhythm going forward. Sulfur. Do you think the Crown of Sorrows raid has anything to do with Cura Blade Transformed? There's a very interesting theory on Reddit involving her and the use of the word sorrow in the raid title. I think people are really picking apart sorrow too much. It has been now confirmed that, as I always said, this is going to be on the Leviathan. And Crown of Sorrow has been confirmed to be on the Leviathan. I think people diving into Hive Theory and Sword Logic and all the all the lore, great. I love that you love the lore. I love that you love Destiny. But I think you're reading too deep into the tea leaves here. Crown of Sorrow could literally refer to Callus because he is royalty. The opulence language, the gold, the you know the treasures that are everywhere. It's it's clear that it's very royalty and regal oriented and crown of sorrow could literally refer to him he wears a crown of sorrow because he knows what's coming i don't know everything centered around his imagery and his face it'd be really weird for some blade and some hive story to come in out of nowhere i don't know we'll see we'll see but yeah, whether it's taken hive or any of that, I'm telling you right now, this is all centered around Callus. They're going to perpetuate his story and really land that and and, and put it and put a, like a nice little bow and ribbon on the Callus story. And then in September, we're going to go back to the Dreadnought. We're going to face Savathun, Taken Queen. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't understand. I, I don't understand why they would take us to the Leviathan. And I mean, look at the imagery here. Everything is centered around Callus and be like. By the way, we're gonna we're gonna insert some hive queen. What's the big ogre? They show the ogre during the menagerie uh, sequences. There's also a big uh, minotaur. So like, th- th- there's three bosses and for the menagerie and menagerie heroic mode even shows a minotaur in the picture. 
So there, I mean, there's all kind of different different bosses that they could use in the menagerie. It's just a boss fight. So we'll see. We'll see. I I think it's centered around Callus, and it's not gonna have anything to do with these other books of sorrow and weapons of sorrow language. I could be wrong. We'll see. Sean Balls. Lono, do you think Bungie will ever rework year one prestige raids, scrap old mechanics, and introduce all new mechanics and powerful loot? I would love that. I would love if Tribute Hall was that. Rerun the Leviathan, different mechanics, and there's challenges. Rerun, you know, Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars. Rerun Crown of Sorrow with challenges. Um, they could really have a lot of content right there July 9th with Tribute Hall. And that would give us a great... That would get us through a lot. Think about it. You'd have July 9th. All of July, you could be working on those rotating. Those challenges could rotate. July 30th is Solstice of Heroes. That's basically August, right? So July 30th is right up against August. We go right into August with three weeks, usually, of Solstice of Heroes. And that ends the season. And then, what is it? September the 3rd is the Tuesday we've been saying that they would potentially launch... um, the uh yeah september the third would be when they would potentially launch the next season and the next dlc when people are like they should avoid september september the third would be right after august i mean it would it would line up very well with this schedule and everything we're seeing but i don't know if they want to bring back those raids i just don't know if that's if that's uh a goal that they have little light radio what are you most excited about from what you've seen i'm looking forward to secrets in like zero hour secrets are fun but what i really really am always drawn to is a grind with intentionality the ada bounties were fantastic so the menagerie is probably going to be on my home for a while um because i'll just be able to go in there and grind for the weapons that i want and i'll go until i get the curated role that i think or the or the random role that i think is best um so that's the thing I'm most excited about. The Archon Lord. By the way, before I get into the next, next question, if you're new to the stream and you've never been here before, thank you for watching and participating. If you enjoy this style of content, it's like an interactive radio show. It's kind of like a podcast where I talk to you guys and take questions. If you're liking it, click the follow button. That's the little heart button that helps support my stream. I try and do these every single day. And then these also hit iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. So if you like the audio versions as well, use the SNTR command in chat and follow those audio uh audio sources as well because if you miss talks and Q&A they hit those sources also Crimson Link do you think that Bungie has learned how much the community loves the secret quest due to this do you think this is why they're adding more into the upcoming season hopefully we get multiple secret quests I don't think they're going to inundate us with with secret quests I think they're going to be a couple but I don't think it's going to be like an outbreak perfected quest every other week there might be one I would say maybe two, a guaranteed one. I guarantee you in Season of Opulence, there'll be one mystery quest like Outbreak Perfected. I don't know about two, though. I just think that starts to get into, like, it's not, that kind of content isn't meat and potatoes. It's not menagerie, right? It's not, it's not an exotic quest. It's not moments of triumph. It's not solstice of heroes. So... Oh, I did skip a question. Archon Lord says, Hey, Lono, I know almost everyone agreed that the Gambit Prime armor leveling system was awful. If they do armor tiers again, how do you think it would be better handled? What they should have done with tier 1 and tier 2 armor in Reckoning is, if you grind tier 1, okay, and you get a roll that you really, really like, and you want to change it to tier 2, tier 3, they should have made that really expensive. So you'd have to save up a bunch of 
what are they called the tokens collector tokens to convert that those gauntlets into tier three so you could be like well wouldn't everybody just grind tier one because it's faster well maybe maybe but then they have to know that if they get a god roll at tier one it's going to be super costly to to you know to raise them up now they could do something where they say any tier one armor that was earned in like the first two weeks drops with the ability to be upgraded but after that no and then everything dropped in tier two if you're grinding in there for those the next two weeks anything dropped during those two weeks can be upgraded to the next tier but once you get like a month into the season you have to be like no you can't upgrade any armor drop from here on out because you should be grinding tier three if you want tier three armor because if not that's the problem is people grind the low tier because it's easier and then they would just take it on the chin and then upgrade their armor because your turnover rate would be much higher running tier one i mean tier one is so fast um i think the tier one tier two armor was literally added after the bad reception of black armory because they wanted to give us stuff to do day one i think tier three was just that's what reckoning originally was originally reckoning was just tier three that's it that's all it was and then they were like nobody's gonna be able to play that day one it's gonna be just like black armory you got to give them a stepping stone so they were like okay um we can remove the bridge and make that tier one and then we can make tier two a little bit easier and then people can get armor and they basically just duplicated the armor and lowered how strong it was yo Rob's with four months thank you and I missed white rhino I think for three months I think it was attack on because of the bad reception and it was only done so people could go in day one that's why they did it and so I I don't think they're going to do that again now the question's going to be normal menagerie versus heroic menagerie why am i going to want to run heroic if you tell people you can only get these pieces to drop in heroic that might be bothersome because guess what that does that invalidates normal and that's where all the matchmaking takes place so you can't do that defo side with prime sub thank you here's how i think they're going to do it i think getting the gun will require more runs of normal menagerie and it'll require less runs of heroic menagerie that's how i think they would do it it's like let's say it takes two menagerie runs at normal to charge up the the chalice or whatever the frick and that gives you the gun but then on heroic mode it takes one time so it's faster but it's harder that would be the trade-off because you have to understand, if people are not able to go into Heroic because they've got to rely on matchmaking, maybe they don't have any buds around, you don't want those people feeling like, I guess th- th- they just added these three new weapons, but I can only get them in Heroic. And they're like, well, I, I can't do that. No, Heroic Menagerie will not have matchmaking. They said that. Now, what I told people today is just be smart. Go into normal message people send people party invites whatever the frick you got to do and say hey you guys are all close to my level let's go do heroic we had a good run that's what i would start doing you can use normal matchmaking as a way to meet people that are interested in menagerie and then just start filtering and funneling yourselves over to heroic so 
Crimson Link. Do you think that Bungie has learned how much the community loves the secret quest? Due to this... Oh, I already answered that one. Sorry. Uh, Krios Rising. What are your thoughts on the chalice and choosing your rewards? Absolutely love it. This is a win for the community. I think even more importantly, the fact that they put choose your rewards in the trailer is hugely important. It's massively important. It means they're saying to anyone looking at Destiny from the outside looking in that they design content that lets you choose your rewards. They have now woven in in intentionality into the marketing, and that's good because that means they're telling... Like I said earlier, it's one thing to play through Black Armory and you discover the intentionality of Ada's bounties as like a value point. You kind of discover it. It's another thing entirely for Bungie to put that in their marketing. Uh, K. Colette's. Do you think, uh, do you know which character you will raid with or do you have a preference? I'm probably going to go in with Warlock, and here's why. Phoenix Protocol Well and Luna Factions in a well is, is just insanely helpful in raid content. Well is just so nice, like pretty much everywhere. Also, if you have any Shuro Chi environments where you gotta chain supers, well is helpful. So is Skull of the Dire Ahamkara Nova. Even though they're nerfing Phoenix and Skull, they're still gonna be massively helpful in the endgame. So I'm going in with a Warlock. Major Glory. Have you heard of the theories of connections between Rose and the Thorn and the Rose and the Lumina? Lumina being a weapon of hope instead of a weapon of sorrow like Thorn. I that's that's a solid theory because Lumina is like light, luminous, you know, illuminate. Um, so it could be related to the thorn, but not the thorn. It's clearly got thorns on it. I'm sorry, rose. It could be related to the thorn, the rose, but it's not the rose. It has thorns on it. It clearly has a, a flower on the underside of it. Um, that may even be a rose. I don't know. But I don't think the name of the weapon will be rose. It's going to be called Lumina. Whether its source is the rose or its nickname is the rose in the lore or something like that. And people could say, well, it is the rose, but its name is Lumina because it went through some sort of change or process. You know, I don't know. Spaces. With the upcoming TWAB, they stated that they would be including buffs for some things. What buffs do you want to see and why? Rocket launchers, put two in the chamber, buff their default, uh, just their generic damage from the rocket itself. Uh, grenade launchers, I think grenade launchers deserve another mag in their reserves. They're right, they're so close to being a perfect heavy weapon option. They should feel more like a machine gun. I think machine gun damage should come back up, because they feel like garbage. Um, scout rifles need help from a design standpoint, right? Scouts are fine at distance in PvE, but there's almost no distance fighting. So, I think scouts need to be given a hip fire uh, feature where they're like an auto rifle when you hip fire um, so and scouts may need a buff at long range they may need a buff at long range because I think I think some of them function well but some of them don't but as soon as enemies are close to you I think scouts should be able to hip fire like an auto rifle so they're kind of like a, it's a versatile weapon because the way they built destiny and the way they built these encounters in destiny 2 I'm telling you, scouts are just never going to get any legs. If you want good ranged fighting, you just typically, I think you just end up using a bow because it's got the agility for close rounds. Uh, you know, close um, close enemies, sorry. Um, 
Winter Blade. What is the difference between Menagerie and Crown of Sorrow? Menagerie is the six-man matchmade activity that's kind of like a horde mode. Crown of Sorrow is the raid. No matchmaking for the raid. Ness. I'm excited for Opulence, but looking ahead to the fall and eventually D3, is there one overarching enemy that will eventually fight? Or is this series going to have just a main focus enemy with each launch and DLC like Callus? I think the triangle ships are going to show up in Destiny 3. I think we're going to spend the rest of our time in Destiny 2 forming a lot of unlikely alliances. We've already now have an unlikely alliance with Mithrax. We're going to end up with an unlikely alliance with Callus. We have an unlikely alliance with the Queen. And then Aldrin's going to come back and be another person that's going to help us. And <clears throat> we'll fight Savathun. We'll fight Savathun on the Dreadnought. And then whenever the Frick comes after that, and then Destiny 3 will be, we got to fight these triangle ships. And that's going to be when they reset us. I think they would need to reset us in some respect. And the story goes forward and is bigger and completely different and more RPG driven. Little Light Radio. Heard if the voice from the trailer was similar to the speaker's voice. Think Polygon mentioned it briefly in their article. Thoughts? I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. Now they're not with Activision. Maybe they just had to go with, maybe they had to go with voice actors that weren't at the caliber of people they've used in the past. So it could just be somebody that they internally use. Because I thought somebody said Activision handled the marketing, um, for a lot of their stuff. So maybe Activision had really great voice actors that they could tap for those trailers. Because it doesn't quite feel like high quality that we've gotten before from voice acting. It doesn't feel on par with, you know, Lance Riddick for, you know, Zavala or whoever does the speaker and Ikora. Like, they all feel like very top shelf voice actors. You know, Nathan Fillion. Whoever is in that that trailer, they do a fine job, but they don't feel like a 10 out of 10 top shelf voice actor. So it could just be somebody internal at Bungie that they're using who did, like I said, a fine and acceptable job. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them negative marks but I feel like there's a, there's a clear difference in quality that happened in Batman Arkham Knight when you have that many good voice actors one voice actor who's like average to above average is going to stand out because they're playing they're, they're voice acting against you know Mark Hamill as the Joker Aquarius Lono do you think this season the new six man activity will be linked to the raid like last season that's actually a good question. I don't know if they're going to want to do that. I think you mean like stuff that you earn in Menagerie having purpose in the raid. I don't know. I hope that they don't have the loot pools linked like that. I think that's a mistake. I would really hope they each have their own armor sets and gun sets. Troll Annie. Do you think Callus will have an important role in this season? Uh, or do you think we will be more of a supporting character. I mean, he's, he's, he's mentioned multiple times. So little light radio. How do you feel about them bringing back old exotics? I appreciate that I can use these old weapons, but I do feel as though they should be focusing on new stuff. I think they've had a pretty good mixture of giving you a little bit of both. You know, we got the Arbalist and the outbreak perfected. We're getting the Lumina and the truth. We got, um, you know, the Anarchy, the Monarch, and the Jotun. Those are three new exotics, but then they threw in the last word. I feel like they've put in a lot more new exotics alongside of the old. It's not all old. I think sometimes we overstate 
how many exotics are in the game that have been repurposed or brought back and we forget the number of new exotics they've put into the game not to mention the number of um, you know armor exotics they put in the game as well even if they don't get a lot of use Winter Blade. Do you think we will meet a real Callus, or are they using Callus to hide a bigger boss? I think we're going to meet the real Callus, and he's going to become an ally for the fight against the pyramid ships. 33% are old exotic, 66% are new, all total of D2. Where did you get that? Did you? I mean, are you, you making that up? It sounds close to being right. You know, that's a third are old and two thirds new. Ooh, did not mean to do that. Um. Uh, Ness, are you hoping that Bungie's future content has more black and white decision making, like with the Drifter, and apply those to actual in-game missions? <clears throat> that just doesn't seem like this kind of game that, that this is. I read it on earlier on Reddit. It's legit. Seems like a fair balance. Yeah, I think a third being old and two thirds being new is a pretty good balance. That's not bad. Um, so I don't know if this question about making like black and white decisions and it impacting the game that just doesn't, I just don't know if that's destiny. This isn't like a, this isn't like a dialogue tree game. Now in destiny three, maybe if they're going to go more hardcore RPG, maybe you will have dialogue tree options and decisions that take you down different paths, but I don't feel like that's necessary in this game. Destiny is an event based looter shooter. It is not a campaign driven dialogue driven you know you know dialogue tree driven game it just isn't that kind of game to suddenly be making those decisions and and, and, you know picking different choices and stuff I just that to me doesn't feel like destiny and if and if I'm not saying it doesn't belong in the game but I'm definitely saying you know is that something they really need to work on? Because the amount of development development time that would need to go into that type of story arc, that type of winding road and potential outcomes, that's 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 a substantial amount of development. For what? You know, it's a loot-based game. How many hours can you really get out of a decision-making quest line? A couple of play sessions, maybe, typically when they do these DLCs. And is that is that touched by a is that does that come about from a disproportionate amount of development time? Because they got to do the dialogue, they got to record all the audio, they got to link that to all the different possible quest outcomes, and then you got people that are going to be like, I don't like this because I wanted to do, I want to take a different decision each time and get different results because everybody wants all the loot. If it's not related to loot, then again, it would feel out of place. Jack Bauer, with the Menagerie having a heroic mode, why can't the raid follow with the return of heroic raids? Why do you think Bungie is more and more moving away from heroic and prestige raids? Do you think they should return? I think their move away from heroic raids was for a couple of reasons. Prestige Leviathan was not received very well. The Beyond that, beyond that, I think they're probably de- de- uh, dealing with limited bandwidth. Uh, limited bandwidth and limited time. There's only so much they can do in a certain amount of time because it's easy for me to say, well, just do it like King's Fall, build hard first and then dial it back for normal. We don't know what kind of development time we're talking about when we say that. Just just getting a raid to its quote-unquote hardest version of itself 
requires lots of testing, lots of work, lots of finesse. Once you get there, how much more development time did you have to pour into it than you would have if you didn't do a hard mode? So they have to put all that extra time in to get it exactly right, like just the right amount of pain, just the right amount of, you know, of, you know, oh, this is just hard. This is just hard enough. They got to do all sorts of testing. Then more development time has to come in. They have to dial it back. Now they've got to dial back mechanics and make sure it feels like a normal raid encounter. That, I, I, I'm i telling you, it's easy for me to say, just do hard first, then dial it back for normal. That's attached to probably, I would think, hundreds of hours of development time that they may, just, they may not have time for. So it's easier to say, let's just do a raid, it's one in case challenge. Now the modifier system could be a way for them to bring back a quote-unquote hard mode because they could say a you know the contest modifier could land on i don't know july 2nd with the lumina quest and they could say if you activate this you're going to want to be at max level because you're going to want to be 750 and if you're 750 then you're going to get treated as if you're 750, everything's going to be 765. So you're going to see swords the whole time. Now, again, you'd want a loot, you'd want a loot pursuit attached to that. You know, if, if there's not a loot pursuit attached to it, who's going to engage with it? That's the other challenge. Now, maybe that's how they bring the other side of the weapon system in. If the loot in the, in, in the new raid is, you know, four weapons and an armor set, and we're like, where are the rest of the weapons? And they're not represented in the menagerie. We might be able to say maybe a hard mode is coming with the other weapons. Evil the Waffler. A little off topic, but I'm going for the Reckoning Seal, and I'm stuck on the Massacre Metal for Reapers. Do I have bad luck or is it bugged? Also, any thoughts on how to get it? I have no idea. I'd look up a video on that. I'm not, I'm not like a guide central for stuff like that. Uh, gaming Irish potato. Do you think you should be able to put shaders on exotics? Um, mm-hmm, I'd probably say yeah. You can put them on uh, exotic armor. You just can't put them on exotic guns. Phase sloths. Do you think it's going to be like prestige levy with the armor? Say you complete prestige levy. It's just regular levy armor, just gold. Oh, like if they upgrade it? I don't know. We don't even know if they're going to do a hard mode. We're speculating that, that they can, but I don't, that doesn't mean they're going to. Double V. With the Solstice of Heroes, it seems like we can expect year three DLC at the end of August. No, I think it would, I think it'd be early September. And beginning of September. Oh, okay, sorry. This might be detrimental as Borderlands 3 and Monster Hunter DLC drop just weeks after. Do you think they should do the event mid-August? I have an entire video on quote-unquote avoid September uh, question mark oh Death Stranding's November 8th that's the launch date nice um, and I ultimately argued that late September would be a mistake because people will be in you know people will be diving headfirst into Borderlands it'll be harder to get their attention early August mid-August is a mistake because that's out of step with the seasonal rhythm and out of step with people's expectations September the 3rd is the best option. That's 10 days before Borderlands. I think if the content's good and the marketing's solid, people will 100% buy and play for those 10 days. 
then you have a chance to get your hooks in the players they see and feel and smell that loot and that is they're way more likely to come back after they maybe play some Borderlands for a month they're like hey you know what I played for 10 days when the new stuff came out it was pretty fun let's jump back into Destiny you're way less likely to number one be on people's radar if you go late or early I think September the 3rd is the is the best landing spot for it Uh, GG, it was me, smile. What is your opinion on more exotic hand cannons coming to the game and so many other weapons not getting any love? I don't know. People like hand cannons. I don't care that much because I think, you know, exotic primaries are tough to justify using. I tend to not use them unless it's an outbreak perfected because they're not strong enough to warrant usage. You're better off just using a legendary killing trash ads really fast and then killing trash ads slightly faster with an exotic I just don't feel like that's a big enough benefit usually to put them on fearless leader do you like how Bungie brings back D1 exotics or would you prefer they introduce more new I get this question all the time I always say that I prefer new Uh, I prefer new but I'm okay with them bringing back old. I'm not going to get mad at them bringing back old. I just, I don't have a laundry list of old ones I want to come back. I prefer new, but I'm always going to say, I'm always going to say, you're, you know, you guys are, they're allowed to bring the old ones back, especially if the, if the quote from Reddit is accurate and it's 33% old, 66% new, then we have nothing to complain about. Cover two. In a subtweet, to the Bungie video yesterday, Bungie said that they would be addressing changes to PvP this summer. Do you think this is for year 3 or Destiny 3? Could this be a bad sign when it comes to the engine for D3? Do you expect it to be bigger maps 8v8? I expect this summer's conversation to be about September. Whatever they're doing is coming in September. I think they can do big maps. I think they can do 8v8 big team battles. I think that's the direction they're going to try and take Crucible. Stripping down Crucible, shrinking Crucible has not worked. I think they're going to run in the opposite direction and embrace the power and the magic. And the way you do that is you open the game up and let it breathe. That's what I think they're going to do. TerraPixel. Do you think Bungie will do another year of seasons or will they release something larger like an expansion or Destiny 3? Destiny 3 is not landing the end of this year. There's no way. It's either going to be a common DLC plus an annual pass or an annual pass that kind of rep, like replicates that feeling. It'll start big. Um, so as far as revenue goes, it make more sense to do a common DLC and an annual pass because that's 70 bucks a pop instead of 40, but we'll see what they do. We don't know how much content they can build given they are probably pivoting a lot of people to Destiny 3. <clears throat> If Crucible was greatly improved, would you play more? No. No. I would not play more. I would say you would you would need to change me as a player. PvP doesn't really attract me anymore. Outside of Destiny, it just isn't my thing. I like playing Fortnite with some buddies every once in a while. Do some, you know, do some um, squads and laugh. But I'm just, I don't like PvP. I burn myself out on PvP, truth be told. I played Call of Duty for 10 years, right? That I, I was I was I was in I was playing Call of Duty for a decade. That's all I played. And then I got into Borderlands and I got into Destiny and I just lost my flavor for PvP, for shooties 
you know, for shooting other players. I want to do the looties and the shooties. I do not want to get in fights with other players. I don't like it. Robbie was seven months. Thank you. So I think, um, I don't think they'll ever get PVP to a place where I would play it more. Now I look back at trials. Um, I look back at trials highlights from people playing. I wish I would have played more trials with other streamers and other people and just enjoyed getting better. Cause I do think those maps were fun. I didn't really understand what I was missing out on until I look at it. I look at trials highlights and the maps and stuff compared to what we have now. And I'm like, I missed, I missed out on the best era of destiny's PVP was back then as much as we complained about it as many of the maps as we didn't like as many as the guns that we might not have liked it was a much better environment yo gator with 25 months welcome back so and again i'm not a big pvp guy but i think trials just had something special and was fun to play with really good players to try to improve so flying wraith what do you think about all of the clear reskins and return of some of the most underwhelming exotics from D1? Truth notwithstanding. Uh, maybe they'll buff the old crappy exotics like they did in... Like, you sneezed when you spent with Sewell in D2. What are your thoughts? Okay, first... Um, the underwhelming exotics? I'm not sure what you're talking about because Truth was one of the most popular exotics in D1, so that's insanely inaccurate. Uh, we don't know what the Lumina is. Now, if you're talking about the when we saw Peregrine Greaves and the... You're probably talking about the armor. The Peregrine Greaves and then the um, Kepri Sting. I don't know why they're bringing those back. I think just sometimes they're probably going to be different. They're probably going to be different, I would think. If they're going to bring them back, they're going to make them strong. Especially for the, the poor, poor Titans right now. Um, and then, yeah, the Astrocyte verse. The, the, again, we don't know if they're going to change them. So you're probably talking about the exotics because you said truth notwithstanding. Um, we also don't know what else they're bringing. There's going to be an exotic for the raid. There's potentially exotic for Iron Banner. Um, the So if, if they bring them back and they're bad and not good, that would be weird. I would think they would bring them back and change the way they function as they've done with some of the others. So, Truth got nerfed into the ground. It did get nerfed near the end. That's true. Angus, do you think Hawkmoon will actually come back since it is in none of the trailers or in the roadmap? Um, man, I don't know. I, I don't know, because Hawkmoon Hawkmoon was rumored by uh, Shadow of Anon the Nine. That's the only reason people were looking for Hawkmoon. You wouldn't have been looking for, you would not have been looking for it if it wasn't for leaks. So that's going to be that's going to be the ultimate question is was that leak genuine? Is it coming back further on down the line? Um that kind of a thing. I would think I would think you'd want to you'd want to maybe hold off on Hawkmoon if Lumina's coming, because that'd be two exotic hand cannons in the same season. Kill Dude. With how many old exotics they seem to show in the Opulence trailer, do you think that means they'll be improving a lot of year one exotics? We already kind of had this question, so yes. Do you feel that it would be healthy for the game rather than focusing on future exotics? It just really depends. I don't have strong opinions on them bringing back exotics, but if you are going to bring back some of these some of these armor pieces, then they should be good. Don't don't bring them back and have them be crappy. That's stupid. Jchrist, do you think we will get the original Outbreak Prime version with ridiculous 
uh, oh, the original OP version of the truth with ridiculous tracking. No idea. I don't know. I, if they're going to bring it back, kind of like what I just said in the previous question, I would assume they would bring it back and have it be awesome. Pack. Do we know the timing of the gunsmith's bounties yet? Are they coming with opulence? They're coming with opulence. There's weeklies and dailies. That's all we know. Red Rum. Do you think they'll be? it'll be challenging for Bungie to buff a lot of the exotic weapons and armor that need it? There needs to be a lot of exotics that are not used at all and they have no real place in the sandbox. I think they should just start rolling some of them down into Pinnacle Legendaries. Sunshot, Graviton, Lance, Suros Regime. They're just not strong enough to be exotics. Um, you know, I, I just... I just think that that's one of the... That's, that's really... That's really the direction they need to go. Or at the very least, you could pay tribute to the Sunshot and the Graviton Lance by saying, here's a pulse that clearly looks like the Graviton and it's got cosmology on it or something. Um, Because dropping them out of exotic might really, really hurt PvP. So, you know, it could be problematic. But I don't know. I look at Suros and I'm just thinking to myself, man, that gun would be so great if it was a legendary. It just is so hard to justify using it uh, as an exotic. T. Grimm. Leading into opulence, Bungie has been infusing bits of lore into the weekly experience of Season of the Drifter, giving us a peek at where the story will be going in the future. My question is, do you see the narrative continuing forward, albeit focused on Callus, or will it be self-contained explaining itself like Ada? Again, they could just be setting these NPCs up for future stuff. Ada, Drifter, Callus, Mithrax, all these people that we're suddenly working with. If you really think about it, the drivers of the story are no longer Zavala and Ikora. The drivers of the story, the characters in the story are Aldrin, the Queen, Mithrax, um, the Drifter, Ada. And then in Opulence, it's uh, Benedict and Callus. So I think I think we're I think we're they're setting up more sort of pillars of of of, of story, you know, storytelling with those characters. Phase sloths. Uh, do you think D2 Season of Opulence will bring back Sparrow Racing? No. Steve, hey Lono, what are some of the things you look forward to in the new season? Weapon gear events? I like a grind with intentionality. I already answered this question. I th- I'm looking forward to the Menagerie, probably the most. Sax, do you think there will be another annual pass after Season of Opulence? I already answered this. It's either going to be Comet plus another annual pass or an annual pass that's front-loaded to feel like a Comet DLC at the beginning. Ginger 300. With Bungie really emphasizing player agency with this season, Cosmo mentioned adding more agency to Reckoning. Do you think that there will, there, there will be a way forward? I'm glad that the community is getting on board because I called for Drifter to have Ada-style bounties back at the beginning of the season. I called for Ada bounties to be everywhere in the game before Season of the Drifter even landed. If we get more bounties like Ada wonderful just put some bounties in drifter and have them rotate each week how many weapons are there seven you know two a week three a week or something i don't know or just do it like ada all of his weapon bounties are just there every week you just go grab them and go grind reckoning to get the weapons so then people could get that stupid hand cannon that nobody can get no lies with a leviathan being covered in hive texture on the floor in front of the hunter while they're talking about the raid and the scene of the Leviathan being in the Ascendant Realm, do you think the expansion of going is going to be a giant precursor to the Taken Queen? It could. Those are good observations that I wasn't considering earlier when I said I didn't think it was going to be Hive or Taken. Those are good observations that could also 
be menagerie stuff because um, menagerie is in the same area I mean there's a lot of things they were showing from menagerie that showed hive and and different things with the with the hive attacking you so but the ascendant the ascendant pick the ascendant scene could be something related to the raid uh, that definitely seemed to be very they were showing that very intentionally like a big a big in scene uh, a big, a big scene with like the tra- you know, the, the the ascendant realm, something happening. Verlent, what do you think about year one Iron Banner armor in the roadmap? I, you know, I I get that people don't like them reusing old stuff. I don't get bent out of shape about that. I I think that people maybe get a little too focused on, um, they get really focused on reskins as if that ruins the game, as if the guns aren't cool. People are, oh, it's a reskin of the Is Luna. What the frick? Just a bunch of reskins from D1. Okay, we haven't used those guns in, you know, two years. What the frick does it matter? So, Eververse gets new stuff. Well, they don't get weapons. Eververse gets one armor set per per character. We did a comparison the one time. The amount of new armor sets that come every season compared to the one armor set per class in the Eververse, it's not even a comparison. It isn't. Even if, like, if you go to black, just go to Black Armory. Armor set in the raid. Armor set in the forge. Um, where else did they do? There were new armor sets in forge somewhere else, wasn't there? I don't know. I I get it, but you got to understand it's annual pass content too. So if like Eververse gets a new set and there's a couple new sets elsewhere, but then Iron Banner's a reskin. Again, I just I don't I don't know. I'm not going to get that bent out of shape about that stuff. If the guns are cool and have cool perks, and I haven't ever, I haven't, I don't think I ever even used an IS Loon. I couldn't get a good roll. You know, you haven't used that weapon type in, in you know, a couple of years. So it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like you're going from one season to the next and everything's a reskin. You know, all the guns, all the guns for Drifter looked really, really cool and they were all new. That's why the lack of agency was so frustrating, because they actually looked really nice. Um, Oscar, off topic. What is your opinion that Bungie maintains a clean flow of people for the quest raid and not have major crashes? Oh, queues. What is your opinion that Bungie maintains a clean flow of people for the queues in the raid and not have major crashes? They've honestly, um, I. We, I don't know. I, I think they've done a very good job with people getting in. I think Leviathan Prestige was a bit of a train wreck, but that was because of Leviathan. Leviathan still has weird issues going on. Um, so I would I would think I would think that would be not a big concern. That didn't we didn't have any issues with Scourge. We didn't have any issues with Last Wish. I don't think I don't think there was any major issues with those. Zorian says, Hi Lono, with your theory of them improving the old content in the annual pass 2.0, how could they structure those improvements if they, again, release three DLCs and not focus on one content like Strikes, PvP, to give something new to everybody? This is where I think it gets really, really hard with the structure of the annual pass, because let's say they add something new, the Menagerie is a good example, okay? Oh, that's right, guitar errors in... In, Levi- in Last Wish. I forgot about guitar errors. That wasn't like cues and getting people in. I don't think that happened during the... Uh, that, did that happen during the, the, the raid race? I thought that came later when people were trying to do 
the Petra runs. I don't feel like Guitar reared its head on day one. So, to this question, though, one of the challenges, let's take Menagerie as an example. You create a new encounter with matchmaking, and PvP players are going to be like, I don't care about that. Or maybe people that don't want to run hard, you know, endgame content, maybe they think it's too hard. Whatever the frick the case may be. There are going to be people that are like, I don't want to run that. So why not do Menagerie, and then a new game mode in PvP, and then a new this and a new that? That's a challenge, right? You kind of have to funnel everybody together. Because people are like, why didn't they put one forge in Black Armory, and then Tier 1 of Reckoning? And then another forge? And then another, and then Tier 2 of the Reckoning? Like, space it out. And then Gambit Prime. The, the challenge there would be you kind of have to fill the funnel for matchmaking to work well. You want everybody trying to do the forges. You want everybody trying to do Gambit Prime and Reckoning, etc. That's always going to be a challenge with the annual pass is that it's rhythmic content that tries to reinvigorate the player base. And if the player base is diluted by too many too many funnels, too many choices... It, it'll hurt the experience. It'll take you too long to get into encounters. People are already saying forges can sometimes be hard for matchmaking because the content rele- relevancy goes down and there's less people in the matchmaking for those uh, for those encounters. Suddenly, what are your thoughts on there being no matchmaking in the Hero- Heroic Menagerie? I already weighed in on that. Run normal, meet people, ask them if they want to run Heroic. Once you're strong enough power level, it's, you know, it's 20 days after normal use normal to meet people and then try to try to get them to join you for heroic would be my recommendation Gary when you when do you think Eris will show up September bossy with all the nerfs going on in opulence do you think the Jotun needs a nerf like take remove the potential to one shot with charge up it'll fall an enemy dude Jotun doesn't seem like a huge problem in PvP when I play (laughs) I don't really see like when I play PvP Jotun's annoying, but I feel like Jotun is one brushstroke on the canvas. There's a lot of things about PvP that are annoying. I don't know if Jotun registers high enough on the annoying Richter scale to get nerfed. I don't know. When I play, this is what I get killed by. Shotguns, shoulder charge, hammerhead, supers. That's what I get killed by. As soon as the other team starts to pull ahead, and they start to dominate by grabbing heavy... Then they're killing me with Hammerhead. Then they have their super and they kill me with their super. Then because they kill me with their super, the team gets broken apart. And then I'm getting killed by shoulder charge and shotguns because I'm more isolated or I'm getting team shot, right? It's it's just unique and rare to get into one-on-one gunfights. You know, the, the people want to be condescending and call pulse rifles dad rifles. Do you want to know why people run pulse rifles and team shot? Because it is so difficult on a lot of the maps to push and feel empowered to make a play by yourself. Because the maps just funnel people to hold hands and look at choke points. So many of the maps do that. So, are you gonna are you gonna push through a choke point with a hand cannon because you want to show off and and flex your PvP prowess? Or are you gonna sit on a lane with your buddy with a pulse rifle and get easy kills? Which do you think people are gonna do? Again map design plays an enormous part here maps from d1 i think in many respects were better it didn't it didn't lead to that the other thing maps that are choke point heavy do 
is it leads to the shoulder charging and the shotgun sliding because as soon as you get close to a choke point, that's going to be the go-to strategy. They're not going to want to enter the lane. They're not going to want to push. They're not going to play aggressive. They're going to play more like I'm going to sit here on this, and then if somebody comes, I'm going to sh- I'm going to you know shoulder charge them. I'm going to I'm going to slide into the into the door and shotgun them. And then again, then that leads to super usage. That leads to you know to power ammo. Listen. Destiny 2's maps are the, one of the leading problems because the underlying influence of the maps, you're constantly on top of each other. So you're dying to the same super twice. You're dying to the same guy's hammerhead twice. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're just constantly... It's the, the frequency with which you're killed by supers, power ammo, shotguns, shoulder charge. Those items, those things are not the problem. It's the frequency that they show up. That's why bigger maps, I think, is a solution. It naturally neuters those things. So, Leroy Gankins. Looking back at the Leviathan raid with new exotics, what is the ideal Titan loadout? Trying to reach, catch up on the road to the new content. There's not a lot of strong Titan exotics for endgame PvE content. Probably One-Eyed Mask just because it improves survivability. I used One-Eyed Mask during Last Wish, and it kept me alive a lot. It was tough fights tough engagements and one-eyed mass kept me healthy Jodicus with how the annual pass was set up to allow both players without the pass and users of the pass content per seasons could we see Bungie make the content free to play with things like season passes that Fortnite does instead of grab a larger player base before D3 well, I mean, the cost, the entry fee for Destiny content gets lower and lower and lower. If you want to buy, like, vanilla and all DLC in September, it's going to do... I mean, the entry the entry cost gets unbelievably low, and you get so much content. If you buy vanilla Destiny, Curse of Osiris, Warmind, and Forsaken, that is so much content, and the entry price is ridiculously low. Now, making the base game free and then being like, okay, the base game's free if you like it. Here's every piece of DLC leading up to September for 30 bucks or something. It would be all the annual passes. It'd be Forsaken. It'd be Cursed. It'd be Warmind. That would probably be pretty reasonable. Cast a wide net like you're talking about in the question. Um, Scatterson with 19 months. Thank you. Welcome back. Angus, how do you think they will implement old exotics in D3 if they do it all? I don't know how they would implement them. I would just think because of their attached to the lore in the universe, they would just show up again. Gaming Irish Potato. Do you think they are going to keep luck in the chamber on Hawkmoon, or do you think they will completely change the perk? No idea. We don't even know if Hawkmoon's coming back, and if it does, we don't even know if that's how it's going to function. Senior Natata. Hey, Lono, do you think they'll have class-specific guns in Opulence, like Tlaylock? Probably not. That'd be a weird time to introduce class-specific guns. We haven't had them for the entire duration of Destiny 2. This doesn't seem like the time to do it. Sunfire. Do you think they will add in legendary trace rifles? I really, really want them to, but I don't think so. We're not seeing any signs of that. Maybe in September. Murph Dog. I thought they fixed the loot drop rates on the Reckoning. My friends and I ran it like five times, and one of them would get a weapon on the single drop. You say fixed, that's the wrong word. They increase drop rates, but they're not fixed. They basically said, every time you don't get a weapon, your chances increase. And I told people that when that's what they were implementing, that probably meant that the drop rates were going to still suck, because that's like a safety net against bad RNG. Instead of just saying, tier 3 drops a weapon every time. 
I don't know. That'd be an easy solution. Reward the player, right? But they didn't do that. They went with the Nightfall bad RNG protection. Fearless Leader. Uh, would building the mechanics of a raid promote diversity in fire teams by needing a warlock hunter and titan add an enjoyable layer of difficulty or do you think the community would not receive that well no I don't think this is a good idea this is this is very close to curated loadouts you're telling people what to bring into the raid and people tend to reject that people tend to stiff arm that they don't like it usually when people are told you must use this you must use that whether it's a subclass or a weapon or a piece of armor, that tends to be rejected in a loot-based game especially. Evil the Waffler. You said in your talk that Iron Banner might have an exotic quest. What if it's galley, since that has something to do with the Lords and the Rise of Iron? I think we've already seen... uh, I think we've already seen it. We've already seen the exotic from Iron Banner. I think it's that wolf SMG, personally. Now, it's in all the screenshots of Menagerie, which might be weird, but it also might be a looky-loo. They're trying to trick us, you know? No. John Wally's. The Ghost Shell Contender Shell have Seeker of Opulence perk. Do you think this will work in Season of Opulence? That's the big question. Will Leviathan perks work? We don't know. They might answer that in the TWAB. Rabid Rabbit. You mentioned that they're using the raid as a marketing tool in order to get ready for the E3 kickoff and their September DLC. Since their PvP numbers have been declining, and that's one of the biggest areas of opportunity, as well as the big difference between them and other looter shooters, for example, Borderlands, do you think that's why they're keeping all the Crucible changes until the fall, so that they can use that as a way to help further stand out in the crowd? I don't think this is a part of the strategy, but this could be a benefit. I'm not going to deny that would be a benefit to say in September we're really rejuvenating PvP because that does stand as a differ- differentiating factor against Borderlands and other looter shooters like Anthem. Anthem may be getting a kick in the pants soon. We don't know. They're doing some updates. They're going to talk to people about the cataclysms. EA plays around the corner. Don't count Anthem out. Division bounced back and so did No Man's Sky. Anthem could Anthem could have its could be a, a sleeping giant. People loved it. It was highly talked about. It, it, it's a very accessible and fun core gameplay. Anthem could have its Taken King moment. It could have its Division 1.8 moment. There are many games that have gone through the rest in peace, what a garbage game, and then a year later people are like, this game is in fantastic shape. But, let's just use Borderlands as an example. Against Borderlands launch, being able to say, hey, in September, we're really kicking PvP up a notch, that would be a benefit. I don't think that's the strategy. Your question seems to intimate they strategized and said, let's wait until September. I don't think that's what they did. I think they just, it's just, I think they're going to be doing a big overhaul. They're going to be doing big changes. And because of that, because of that, I think that September is going to be significant changes. Taking as long as they've taken, I think it points more to big changes than them like strategizing around other game launches I don't see them sitting in a, in a room being like well we better take our time and wait till September cause you know Borderlands when all this was being scoped out and, 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 and plotted out Borderlands hadn't even officially been announced yet so uh, Daft Punk playing at my house I don't know what this name means 
Regarding the difference between heroic and normal menagerie, what do you think about the idea that you can only acquire curated roles from menagerie, weapons, and heroic? I like where your head's at. I could get behind that. Mm, That might frustrate players. I think it would be better to say you get them quicker. Two runs of normal gets you a gun. One run of heroic gets you the gun. That that would be... Because then you're increasing the your chances. You know, if you can beat a menagerie heroic run in, uh, let's say, 10 minutes, and it takes you 10 minutes to run two normals, that's a wash. But if you can run a heroic in, you know, maybe seven minutes and a normal run takes the same amount of time, right? If you can run two normals in 10 and one hard in 10, it's a wash. Everyone would just run normal. But if I can run a hard in 10 and a normal in 10, it's going to take you 20 minutes to get the gun. It's going to take me 10 minutes. So in an hour, I'm going to get six guns and you're going to get three. If you grind menagerie for an hour and normal is yielding you three drops basically one every 20 minutes I'm getting one every 10 minutes I'm getting six guns in an hour and you're getting three heroics looking pretty nice for grinders Anthony Griggs says you think dark drinker will return as well as other swords swords are underused if they bring back dark drinker it would probably need to be a power weapon but I would love to see them move swords to the energy slot cat the pickles Lono, do you think they should try to create new exotic weapons, pinnacle weapons, or should old exotics come back like Icebreaker? I've already answered plenty of questions about returning exotics. I don't have strong opinions on it. I'm fine with both. Uh, Little Light Radio, do you think Destiny 3 launching next year fall for PS5 and the new Xbox as a launch title? Could happen. Could definitely happen. Because it that helps your game. If you launch with if you launch with new consoles, that can be helpful to your game. It can also be distracting. So they could do another DLC and another annual pass next year. And then launch 2021. The consoles get in circulation. They get pushed out. Then the next year you do a big Christmas combo sale and Destiny 3 launches. Uh, If Destiny 3 launches next year, I have doubts about it being a true big RPG like everybody's hoping. That just doesn't feel like enough time. Solo Deo Gloria, do you think a viable option to unseating the exotic heavy required for endgame content could be to allow two primary or secondary exotics and one heavy? Or or, or one heavy. Haven't thought this through with the issues. Uh, maybe in PvE, because if I could run, you know, a Telesto and an Outbreak Perfected, that'd be pretty freaking dope. <laughs> Might be broken. Um... I don't think they're going to do this because of what I just outlined. There's too many potential problems that could come to that, come from that. Because it'd be pretty nice to be able to run the Lord of Wolves and the Outbreak and then just run a Legendary. But there's some really, really strong exotics in there could really throw off the balance. Love Mousy. Sorry if you've already answered this. Do you think that they'll bring back faction rallies? I hope they do. Probably in September. Not going to show up in opulence. If they were going to show up in opulence, they'd be on that. They'd be on that calendar. Promise you they would. Tropic Yeti. With, uh, well, will not with. Will we ever get a taste of Kalos's royal wine? Probably not. Mythnik. Will a Leviathan be added as a patrol area? Don't know. I doubt it. 
JRB Moblin. When will Titans be great again? Never. Don't ask stupid questions. Will Vicarious Visions gone? Oh, with Vicarious Visions gone, do you think this is going to be a PC version of Destiny 2? Oh, what do you think is going to happen to the PC version of Destiny 2? Sorry, I misread it. I don't think PC version's going anywhere. I think this this is sort of a, a phantom fear. People are like, well, Vicarious Visions ported it. They, you know, they ported it. So if they leave, then we're not going to have it on PC anymore. I really don't think so. I, I think that's a phantom fear. That would be so weird for them to suddenly drop PC. That's a chunkier player base. And that's the future of the franchise right? If they really, really want the game to be bigger and better in a true RPG, you can't leave P- you can't leave PC behind. Uh, Kill Dude. My question earlier was about buffing the exotics they showed in the trailer and possibly other the other year one exotics such as Sturm and Mida multi-tool and if making year one exotics better if that would be healthy for the game rather than bringing back Destiny 1 exotics. Oh, 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 oh. So you're saying instead of bringing back exotics, why not buff existing? You've got to be careful if you're asking them to buff the Sturm and the Mita because I mean, you're, that's a nightmare for PvP if you start making those guns stronger. Now, we it looks like the Drang as well as the Mini Tool are coming back in some way. It's possible then that those weapons could be getting a buff and the Year 2 treatment so the Mini Tool and the Drang are more enjoyable to use with the Sturm and the Mita Multi-Tool. So, the, the, the Mita poses a significant problem if you buff it (laughs) it poses a big problem if you buff it lot of lanes lot of choke points that dadgum weapon it's probably still strong honestly if you and some buddies took it into if you go into crucible and you ran six midas i don't know that'd probably be pretty annoying to fight against depends depends on how it's how it how it fares against a bygones uh the bygones of the go figures and the blast furnaces that are in there and and the the outbreak's pretty strong too i don't know might have might have <laughs> might have getting a buff it sounds great for pve yeah buff it in pve please but yeah in in, in crucible please no rabid rabbit how do you think the community would react to weapons in the eververse on the one hand i'd be excited to see a new loot pool it'd be terrible they'll never do it system chalk with Destiny being sort of an MMO, shouldn't they merge the games into one world? So people that haven't played D1 get to experience the D1 raids and the weapons, and they wouldn't have to run two independent game servers. This sounds great, but we have it on very good authority that bringing D2, D, D1 content into D2 is really, really difficult. Uh, Holtzman worked for Bungie for six months, and he said that it's just very hard to do, so... This sounds wonderful in principle, but I don't think they can do it. I also don't think the consoles could handle that many things in the director. I think that's I think memory issues on the consoles would start to come into play if you have that many locations. They ran into that problem on PS3 and Xbox 360. So, Cat the Pickles. To ask a question off my exotic question, do you think new exotics are hard to create due to the fact it can lead to weapon disparity and nerfs like Whisper of the Worm and right now the Outbreak? Well, yeah, it can lead to problems like that. It, you can you can end up with things that are that are way too strong. Here's the thing. I played, okay, Holtz is back with Bungie. It's another six-month contract, I'm pretty sure, and he's just a tester. 
Uh, I'm not trying to take I'm not trying to take away from his achievement. That's awesome, but he's not going to be any kind of development. He's a tester. However, he'll still be there to hear about things like we just quoted him on. So I'm happy for him, um, but he's not going to be like on a development team or like a or like a vision casting team or anything like that. Now, being in testing, maybe he does get to give good feedback on how things feel and, and things that need to be buffed or nerfed. So maybe he could give really good uh, input there. Um, so you're pretty sure Goose talked about that, about them, it being hard for them to pull things from D1 into D2. I was fairly certain that, that Holtzman agreed and said, yes, that's true. Like he co-signed it and was like, yep, it's really tough to bring D1 content into D2. So if it was, look, if it was easy, you don't think they would have done that by now with the infinite forest? like a boss rush there's there's bosses there's strikes there's raids i don't know if it was easy i feel like they would have done it by now in to some degree i feel like they would have done it now today with respect to whisper of the worm i played scourge of the past and i used my whisper and i gotta tell you i think they hurt whisper really bad with the weapon nerf and they're gonna bring it it's gonna feel stronger in opulence I, I'm telling you I do I think it's going to feel stronger because I think having 9 bullets first total versus having 21 total bullets 18 on reserve 3 in the chamber is 21 21 bullets I honestly think that the, the whisper is going to feel a little bit stronger in opulence than it feels right now now you got to remember they chopped it down to where it is right now 9 bullets total hurts you can't use the weapon for much else so 21 bullets per you know nines unlimited if you don't miss that's true Tigo. i get that but that's only with respect to ammo economy if you can have six people dumping 21 bullets with whisper breathing during into an enemy right how long do you think those 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 damage cycles are going to be anyway how long so if you if you don't pull off all 21 shots, let's say you pull off 10 a piece, again, that's 60 bullets with whisper breathing in a well. That's still a really really good damage phase. I still think in encounters that the enemy stands still and has a good crit spot, I'm telling you, I think whisper's still going to feel very very strong. 12 shots max. What do you mean 12 shots max? I mean it's 21 total. I a lot of the times during during a damage phase I don't know if I could get all 21 shots off so, as long as you have and again people are like well ammo 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 the problem with the nerf is that they should be addressing ammo economy I should be able to get power ammo back fairly regularly that's the issue so when do you think we'll see Aldrin again September uh far farmax you say that Destiny PvP needs to move to more open maps, but aren't the most disliked maps in D2 the most open ones? Bostock, Equinox, not trying to hate, just bringing up a point. I I don't have my finger on the pulse of what the Crucible community hates and likes, because um, I feel like they don't like anything. <laughs> but, um, I feel like the small maps are the worst, because you're constantly on top of each other and you constantly die, and I don't know. It, it, I, as soon as I get on a map that feels like it's built for trials or built for 4v4 I feel like the, the, the flow is terrible um, Vostok isn't a map, it's a social space 
I don't know. I speak for everyone when I say Equinox blows. Both have positive and negatives. It just, it really, it would be, it would come down to how the maps are laid out. If there were small areas for good battles and good shotgun pushes, lanes for sniping and scouts, mid-range for hand cannons, auto rifles, if if there was good dynamics to the maps, I think a bigger map would help because it would spread people out. And then you could have different loadouts and not feel like you have to run a particular loadout. Like, hand cannon and shotgun just does the job on most maps. Techware. Do you feel Bungie would ever bring back Twilight Garrison along with Icebreaker? No, I don't think they're going to bring back Icebreaker because it subverts the ammo economy. Uh, Twilight Garrison? Maybe. Arctic Spartan. Do you think it would be a smart move to sacrifice a September release so that they have they don't have to compete with Borderlands? No, I've already answered that question. Uh, we West West Hills Mike. Do you think Bungie made a mistake putting D2 on PC without the ability to crossplay and splitting up the community? I wouldn't call it a mistake and they can always that can always become a big exciting feature add later and then everybody'll be real excited. Yo Cortex. How do you think they could make the Destiny game more RPG, but still feel like a Destiny game? Well, if the abilities and the guns feel awesome, then it doesn't really matter if it becomes bigger, open, more open, and more RPG. If you feel like the guns and abilities are Destiny, it's okay if it's bigger, more stuff, more depth, more grind, more perks on the guns, more more skill tree options. Bossy. With the outbreak doing great, do you think Bungie will make more pulses like it? Maybe. They don't, they don't really do that. They're not like, hey, Whisper's great. Let's make a bunch of more snipers. That's not really how they design the weapon system. Leviathan. What are your thoughts on D3 being on a new engine that will that we'll see cross-save, cross-play? Have you heard the new engines in the works for D3? There were lots of devs that were learning Unreal. A lot of those devs left. I don't know how many are still there that were learning Unreal. The only way this game evolves to dedicated servers, big environments, and a true RPG feel is with a new engine. But that is up in the air. We don't know. Sunfire. In the trailer, I heard there will be treasure hunts involved somehow. Do you think there can be a way for them to reintroduce year one weapons like how they showed Dragon in the the multi-tool? I don't know if that has anything to do with treasure hunts. I mean, it it, it could just be that they decided to bring those weapons back and give them year two treatment as a testing ground for like bringing back year one stuff because I think they're going to do all that in year three. I don't think they're going to bring back a bunch of year one stuff in this in this in opulence off topic. But how would you feel if Bungie added a selective difficulty to raids that can be activated inside the raid similar to, to a Petra's run, but it could be activated deactivated before the fights? instantly and be rewarded with additional loot would this be a way to make raid runs more flexible this is where I think they could just use the, I've already talked about the contest modifier it could be used later so you have normal and then you can have contest and you go into contest and it's basically everything is 15 above you so you would would only go into a contest raid at 750 and everything is 765 so the whole time it's swords bringing back that day one pain of feeling weak because you're good at the raid now and you're you know you're 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 accustomed to it but you'd bring back that pain and then you'd tie loot to it i feel like they could do that adding again a heroic mode to menagerie 
feels like they could be bringing back the, the, the idea of having heroic modes. It, it, it could be in opulence. It's not on here. They said there were other things to be revealed that's not that's not here. So that could be something they're bringing. Maybe that's what Tribute Hall is. Maybe Tribute Hall is you run Crown of Sorrow at a harder difficulty with challenges turned on because you're trying to impress Callus. That that's late in the, that's late. That's a month later. That fit that the timing fits. Crown of Sorrow is on the 4th, a month later on the 9th Tribute Hall lands. It could be a challenge mode, a contest mode, a hard mode for the raid. Maybe all the Leviathan raids get that. I don't know. So, we'll see. I would love for them to bring that back, though. I miss that. I miss the raid changing. We haven't had a good change from normal to hard since Wrath of the Machine. And then, obviously, all the challenge modes in Age of Triumph were great. I hated the Atheon challenge initially, but then it became my favorite. I loved it. I I thought the challenge modes were awesome. And the transition from normal to hard to challenge was always a good trickle of relevancy for your raids. So that is the final question. I'm going to keep streaming. If you're here live right now and you enjoyed this segment, be sure to click the follow button. That's the heart button. You can also use the SNTR command in chat to follow this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. If you're listening or watching in all those locations, I appreciate that very much. Please like, share, and subscribe.